let us go on to the next part of our of our service, which is, you know, as Mike said at the beginning, we were all planning to have this ritual reopening uh, today, and I was looking very forward to it. The staff was excited. I think most of the members were, you know, difficult as it is to live in community. You start to miss these people after a while, <laughs> and... Uh, that's kind of the spirit in which we were getting very excited. And then, well, Emerson, the great transcendentalist Unitarian, one of his quotes, which I, uh, not in his goals, man is great, but in his transitions. So not in humanity's goals are we great, but in our ability to be fluid and flexible, adjust to changes. And as an interim or developmental minister, minister, that that's my whole focus, really, is to make people feel comfortable, learn to live with, and to welcome change. Hi, I'm Tom Ball, and I've been a member at East Shore since 1999, when my family moved to Seattle from the Chicago area so I could start a job at Microsoft. One of my major contributions to the church over the last 20-some-odd years has been singing in the, in the choir. But for the last two years, it's been rather quiet in church. Singing is the big bad wolf of COVID, huffing and puffing and blowing germs all over the house. Just ain't great. But a great thing about singing in the choir is to hear and feel the voices of the other singers and to do your best to blend, making a whole that is greater than the sum of the parts. This requires what I call a synchronous social gathering. Let me explain what I mean by that. Back when I was in junior high school chorus, I wasn't very good at sight reading music, but I had a superpower. I was a fast follower and I could jump in when I heard somebody else sing the right note. Now, blending voices in the choir and singing together requires really fast following as you watch the director and listen to the sounds coming from all the other members of the choir. And all this happens synchronously and naturally thanks to the physics of sound waves, our ears and brains. A big, a big learning from COVID is that fast following just doesn't work over Zoom as the delay introduced by the computing machinery is way too large. Now, thanks to our fearless director, Eric Lane Barnes, we did our best to rehearse sort of in a one-way uh, direction over Zoom. But to produce something that approximates the live church choir requires each member individually recording their part and sending it to Eric, who then has to mix all the parts together. It's a lot of computing machinery and manual effort to pull off what happens naturally and much better when we sing together in person. So uh, if you haven't figured it out already, I'm really looking forward to the choir singing at East Shore this year in person. The metaverse, gent, just ain't the place to make music together. Good morning. My name is Peggy Phillips, and I've been a member of East Shore for 35 years. I'm one of those people who enjoy people. I get energy from people. I love personal interaction, and I really like hugs. 
So the last couple of years have been a little interesting and sometimes a challenge for me. Another of my personality traits is that electronics, such as gadgets, phones, computers, Xbox, remotes, you know, anything like that can present a challenge for me. I don't know why, but I often feel that my magnetic personality sometimes can cause an EMP effect when it comes to those devices, and they just don't always work the way I'd like. My husband and I have five children, and they are scattered all over, from New York City and Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina on the East Coast, to Auckland, New Zealand, and we have one in San Diego, California, and one in Taos, New Mexico. At least today, that's where they all are. We have not been together as a whole family since probably September 2016, which is a pretty long time. Now enter the days and weeks and years of COVID. Having been retired from the working world for about 10 years or so, I was vastly unfamiliar with and uneducated with Zoom, Teams, or any other media video chat. In fact, I barely was functional in Facebook Messenger at the time. Outside influences caused me to become very familiar with Zoom meetings very quickly. I even got a subscription and can host meetings, feeling pretty proud of myself. My electronic personality traits sometimes rise to the occasion, and occasionally I still have to reboot the computer, but I have become competent, proudly competent. Now, here's the positive twist to all of this. A blessing in disguise, if you will. We now have scheduled family calls. Of course, as a mom, they're not nearly as often as I would like for them. But still, we are intentional about getting together. We listen and share with each other. And we even take family photos. So far, we have learned. We haven't learned. Sorry. So far, we haven't learned how to play games with each other on Zoom, or experience that opportunity. But perhaps there is just a little bit more time. Here's to your blessings in disguise. Hi, it's Paul Burens. COVID times. I was forced to leave Switzerland early when Trump closed the borders, but it also gave me three days to start learning about COVID and the closure of all preventive visits and respiratory illnesses cut my workload as a primary care doctor by two thirds. As a result, I became a self-taught COVID expert, posting now over 600 updates on the pandemic for an audience that grew remarkably and encouraged me to continue over and over. Alcohol was not my friend in my second marriage, nor my first for that matter. Short-tempered and moody and occasionally raging. My wife gave up on me and arranged our separation. Nothing has ever hurt worse for me. But I got sober, first for my marriage and shortly for me, and learned a lot about myself, got help, made new friends, and after a couple of years, found a new and, in my opinion, a better partner to share life with. Moodiness gone, raging gone, angry words gone, drinking gone, anxiety much reduced. Life has a way of working out the way it has to, was something my ex said, but it's true. Everything happens for a reason is a cliche, but 
we make meaning out of events, especially since we have no control over them. Thus, a life means something looking backward that can never be seen looking forward. Predictions are difficult, especially about the future, said Yogi Berra. We can only live one moment at a time and do the best we can. Carpe diem. Seize the day. My name is Millie Malarkey. For the past two years, I have ping-ponged back and forth from fear and retreat to a sense that with shots and masks, everything will be okay. That's why I am relieved to know that while disappointing, our board and staff have chosen to follow the science about reopening the church. In our case, that means consulting our very own Dr. Paul Burens, who has diligently followed the data from the very beginning and generously has consulted with our Board of Trustees. Thank you, Paul. Charles Darwin said, It's not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent, but the one most responsive to change. Again, it's not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent, but the one most responsive to change. Upon reflection of the past two years, I'd say we're doing really well. Reverend Steve, Eric, our staff, the ACE sound crew have worked hard to allow us weekly virtual services and even has set up, have set us up to provide multi-platform services for after we are able to return in person. We have continued to increase and honor our pledges, reached out to help each other, and even asked for help. We have shown up for meetings, covenant circles, social justice work, helping with religious education, listening circles, and fun social gatherings. We passed the eighth principle and have established groups moving us forward into what that means. We have a mighty ministerial search committee ardently working to assess candidates in order to present the best qualified minister for our congregation in the spring. This barely scratches the surface of all the ways that we have been responsive to change. I think it bodes well for our future. Thank you. In myths and legends, heroes often seek seclusion to focus their energies and strengths. Jesus went to the desert. Wonder Woman has her Wonder Dome. Many authors wrote some of their greatest works while in prison, including John Bunyan, Martin Luther King, and Oscar Wilde. Isolation and solitude can help lessen distractions and sharpen our minds. Isolation and solitude can also drive us into despair and accentuate loneliness and depression. Both of these states have been true for me and for many of us during this long forced march we've been on for almost two years. I've deeply missed travel during the various periods of lockdown. On the other hand, I've discovered countless parks and paths and vistas just blocks from my own house. 
I've canceled countless performances with many different groups, including the East Shore Mighty Choir and a season of East Shore Live. On the other hand, I have discovered new online platforms, not just Zoom, and have become quite adept at creating and editing videos. I've missed being able to spend time with family and friends. On the other hand, I've actually deepened some friendships with more regular telephone calls, online chat, and FaceTime sessions. One thing in favor of the various stages of lockdown is that it's allowed me to become more committed to my meditation practice, daily sitting and studying Buddhist teachings with online seminars and retreats. And another thing I've learned through this forced march is just how much control I have over the outside world, which is basically this amount, zero. I can work on being mindful, I can work on managing my words, thoughts, and actions, but that's about it. Except the things I cannot change, everything outside of me. Courage to change the things I can, so many things inside of me. The wisdom to know the difference is simply understanding that boundary. The amount of death, sickness, political polarization, and deep uncertainty that has happened as a result of this pandemic is incomprehensibly vast. Many of us are carrying heavy burdens of grief, anger, and confusion, which take a stressful toll on our human psyche. I'm not going to Pollyanna my way through any of this. The pain, grief, fear, and confusion are all real and need to be recognized. And... Time and time again over these past two years, I have seen incredibly creative, life-affirming, and paradigm-shifting ways people have invented to deal with and quite often rise above the maelstrom. These show up to me as ongoing testaments to the bright, undauntable inventiveness of the human spirit. COVID-19 has brought me countless moments of despair. COVID-19 has brought me infinite moments of grace. Neither is more true than the other, and sometimes both happen at exactly the same time. Hi, my name is Ron Douglas. I go by pronouns of he, him. <clears throat> Back in 2008, um, my relationship of 12 years came to an end uh, with my ex. Um, it was a relationship that I thought you know, would last forever. I thought it was the end all be all. And I made my share of mistakes in ending that relationships. So fast forward a couple of years in 2010, I was all set to head out on a trip to Europe to kind of give myself some, some time to think and uh, spend time with my best friend Paul and his wife Elizabeth. They live there in London, so I was all prepared and ready to go. Days before that trip occurred, Iceland experienced a historic volcano that brought air travel in and out of Northern Europe to a standstill. I was disheartened to say the least. I had time off work with nowhere to go. So in a desperate search to find something to do, I came upon an organization called Q Squared Men. The mission of Q Squared Men was to improve the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health of sexual minority men by building a stronger sense of community, increasing individual responsibility, and improving self-esteem. And I thought, I absolutely need to do this. So 
In my search for new paths to explore and friends to gain, I decided to attend their Q Spring event, a gathering of gay men on Vashon Island, for a weekend of fellowship and discovery. It turns out it was a time of fundamental discovery for me. The breakout sessions allowed me to dive into who I was and whom I wanted to be, and it also exposed me to many beautiful people who are still dear friends of mine to this day. I'll never forget that experience and how I was able to turn something negative and sad into something so rewarding. I felt that it was simply fate that put me in that place at that time. It was a time that I wasn't aware of needing, and that's when I truly learned that even when things look down, there's often a silver lining that's just waiting for us to show up. That weekend marked a significant step forward to who I am today. That day led to new friends, which led me to the Seattle Men's Chorus, which led me to the wonderful world of the infamous and talented Eric Lane Barnes, who also introduced me and my husband to East Shore Unitarian. And here I am today, on this day where we had hoped to come together face-to-face here in the sanctuary. My husband, Ron, is here with me for the first time in over two years. From my point of view, the sanctuary is full today. My friends, today is a beautiful day. Thank you. Wow. Well, so then it says homily, but I've got really very little to add to this (laughs) this, uh, testimony of finding one's way through the darkness. And... What inspiring messages. I mean, Marsha says, gee, I came out here with nothing and nobody, and it all turned out okay, and I'm so glad. And uh, we are glad, too. And Tom, who's a fast follower (laughs) and good at fast following, uh, which is hard to do electronically, but his spirit is strong, and we may all be so fortunate as to grow in our fast-following facility. Peggy likes people, not electronics. We're alike that way. But she's grown in competence and connections to her family as a result of that goodwill and her stick-to-itiveness, which is one of her great qualities. Um, And Paul reminds us that we are meaning makers. Human beings are the ones who give meaning to that which, you know, out of their predicament, whatever is happening, if they choose to, and if they're creative enough to make it, uh, to find the meaning there. Um, Millie tells us that... uh, we, it's not the smartest one or reminds us that Darwin made it clear it's not the smartest or the strongest that survive, but the most adaptive, the one, the ones most able to uh, go with the flow and to change accordingly. Uh, Eric, um, had a nice metaphor that we're all on a forced march, you know, to, Chairman Miles, what the thousand, the long march, thousand, two, four thousand miles. That was a long way. Uh, and, but it started with a single step. 
And um, we can all take that step despite pain, grief, confusion, and despair, which he spoke to with um, a voice that rang very true, I'm sure, for many others here as well. Uh, Evelyn had a health care crisis um, with many positive um, outcomes, uh, not least of which was her own reappraisal of her own capacity to be um, a good soul and deeply loved. And, uh, you know, it's timely fi- closing up not only a good singer, but a great storyteller, Ron. Um, you know, there's a volcano out in Tonga right now, but first he reminded us of the Icelandic catastrophes that ruined his plans to uh, go make a highly anticipated, I've got it all psyched out, it's going to be wonderful vacation in Europe that turned around, found something important to do right here on Vashon Island that uh, blossomed into many new relationships and a new way of orienting himself toward his life and his creative capacity. We are all benefits. We all benefit and have benefited from these adaptive souls who made the most out of the situation and thereby went forward with purpose, making meaning and making joy. Let us all grow accordingly. Amen. Let it be.